All right. Welcome to Wednesday evening. We are uh, live tonight from the Office of Living Light Outdoors. What an incredibly hot evening in the state of Oklahoma. It is miserable. That's just all there is to it. If you ain't in front of the air conditioner, you are suffering tonight. I guarantee you. This is a uh, a hot time in our in our time for sure. We are. Uh, it's been a busy week. Been working a lot. Been uh, been been hard at it this week. And uh, but thought we'd get home early tonight and try to get things situated and, and uh, get our our live put in for our Wednesday night our Warriors Way four. We are. Uh, Four, four sessions in, so this is our, our fourth session tonight, so hope you enjoy this. I'm not going to belabor this too much. I want to jump right into this. Um, the Warrior's Way 4, the new heart is what this one's called. Um, we are happiest when we're loving or being loved. Makes sense, right? You're happiest when you are loving or being loved. I mean, that's, that makes it for an awesome life, right, when you're being loved especially. Love is what we are made for. Love is what we are meant for, and love is what God is all about. And we need a heart in order to love and receive love. Obviously, it comes from the heart. Now, I don't know, when you think about that, I often think, well, man, I mean, a heart in a human body is technically just a, a muscle that pumps everything to and flow, you know, gets the blood flow going where it belongs. And But actually, with, without that heart, we don't function. So, so God chose that heart as being the ultimate thing to, to deal with us, with our love and our compassion. Everything comes from the heart, comes out of our soul, if you will. It is the it is the living, breathing mechanism in our life. Without it, we don't live or breathe. <laughs> what, that is why we desperately needed Jesus to change our hearts and to make it new. We, we needed a new heart. Before he did, the news about our heart was really bad. Jeremiah seventeen nine: a heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? That was Jeremiah 17, 9. Now, seven chapters later in Jeremiah, God had a very good news indeed in, a, a concerning our hearts. In Jeremiah 24, 7, he says this, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. Now, have you ever seen before and after pictures? Maybe it was weight loss or surgeries or hair or makeup. You, you have the before, the, the bad news, and then you have the after, the good news, or hopefully, hopefully it's good news afterwards. But you also have before Christ and you have after Christ. The before part, Ezekiel 14.3 describes this way, Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts and put wicked stumbling blocks before their faces. That was the before, Ezekiel 14.3. But the after comes way later, clear into Ezekiel 36, verse 26. A lot of history goes on between those two sections of Scripture. But Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's, that's a beautiful sight right there. God says, I'll give you a new heart. Not this heart of stone, not this hardness, not this, this thing that doesn't feel and this thing that lives in, in sin. But I'm going to give you a new heart of flesh, this living, breathing, you know, loving peace that, that you need in your life. Knowing just how wonderful this news about your heart, your new heart is, how thorough the transformation is through Christ. The Apostle Paul prayed this prayer. 
uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, it says, I pray out of this glorious riches, the Father may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you are being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. It's immeasurable. What a, what a beautiful sight there, right? Paul saying that 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 he's praying out of this that, that through our new heart that, that we will fully understand how unconditional love is supposed to be, how unconditional God's love for us truly is. Now obviously there are conditions that come into play, scriptural conditions. You know, we have to live according to his word. We we you know, we we live for him. Otherwise our heart is back to that place of stone. That, that, that place of corruption, that place of sin. God actually takes up residence in the Holy of Holies deep within us. Now, if you remember the Holy of Holies, and I love this depiction, the Holy of Holies was, was um, they had built, uh, basically it was in a tent at that, in that time frame. It was in the temple, if you will. And there was a huge, thick veil. And I don't remember the dimensions, but it was you know, like a foot thick. And I don't remember how high, but it was above where you could reach high. And it was woven out of horse hair. I, I don't know if you've ever seen anything woven out of a horse tail or horse's mane, but that that's some tough stuff. Um, there's there's multiple things that they are, that I've seen through the years that people have made out of horse hair, and and it was woven out of horse's hair. So it's this this foot thick, you know, however many feet tall and and you know however long it was, and 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 it separated the outer court from the, the inner court or the Holy of Holies, the place where this presence, the very spirit of God was in the Ark of the Covenant. And there were only the, the holiest of priests were even allowed in there. And, and what was crazy is they tied a rope on that guy and had bells on the bottom of his robe because if he wasn't pure, when he walked into the presence of God, he was struck dead. When they didn't hear any bells ringing, they drugged that dead joker out by that rope hanging on his leg. So, so you think about the power of, that exists in the Holy of Holies. But when Jesus died on the cross, in that depiction, on that day, that, that when Jesus gave up his spirit, it says the veil was ripped, that, that horsehair, one foot thick, however many feet tall veil, was ripped from the top to the bottom, not the bottom to the top. It, it proved that man couldn't have done it, that it was, a, it was a godly thing, that he ripped that veil from the top to the bottom, no longer separated from mankind, but God's Spirit would now reside in those who surrendered and chose to follow Him. We now have the Holy of Holies in us. We are the, the, the carrier of the Holy Spirit. We, we are the vessel of the Holy Spirit, and we allow God into our lives. He makes it new and is committed to doing a work with us and for us from the inside out. So, so now this, this Spirit of God living in us helps to keep us on the right path. If, if we don't have that Spirit of God in us, we don't have any hope. We don't have any hope for a future. We don't have anything. And we don't have any power. You know, the Bible talks about uh, when, when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they've got power that, to do the things that God has called them to do. That's what we need today. We, we, and I mean, I've heard some preaching lately about the Holy Ghost, you know, and, and needing that, that Spirit of God in us. And I've, I've done some teaching on it lately, too, that it is the, it is the most powerful, powerful presence we will ever experience being filled and, and utilized in that Holy Spirit. And, and that's what he's talking about. That Holy of Holies is now dwelling deep within us. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of each of us 
as we surrender our lives to Christ. When, when, God, when we invite God into our lives, it brings that Holy Spirit into us. But then we can actually take that a step further and, and move into that Spirit and be filled with that Spirit, just like they were on the day of Pentecost when those tongues of fire came and sat upon those disciples and they began to speak in a heavenly language. That is what I'm after today. That's the, the, the power and the presence of Christ living, breathing inside of each of us as followers of Christ. The really beautiful thing is, is this inner being that we are transformed and therefore can live a Christ life. As Christ puts a new heart in us, when we surrender our life to him and he, and he fills us up and we're living in this, this holiness that God puts inside of us, then, then that creation of transformation that takes place, we can truly live a Christ-like life. We're no longer wicked or evil. That was the before picture, remember? Now we're in the after picture, that, that living and breathing the holiness of Christ living in us, walking and breathing this earth today. We, we live in the after, and we are no longer sinners. Sin is not the truest thing about us. That was before. We are now beloved sons and daughters of the Most High God, learning how to live that way. You know, that, that's, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an adventure. There's a wilderness. There's a journey of living according to God, living according to His Word, living according to His Scriptures, and, and learning to walk in His way. This is the, this is the really, really good after it's the best after picture you can imagine. That's what it is when we accept Christ, when we, we surrender to him, ask him to come and live inside of us. This, this after picture that's created there, it can't get any better than that. So let me ask you this. What does it mean to know that at your core, you have the equipment, this, this new heart, to live new, to live a new way? You know, we talk about water baptism in the depiction that comes with water baptism, I think is really cool because it, it literally is a representation of, of us willingly dying to who we are, being, being submerged underwater. So dying to who we are and then being raised again as a new creation in Christ. That, that, that the depiction that comes with that is literally just that we're, we're died, we died, we're buried but then we're resurrected as a new creature, new creation in Christ through water baptism. What a beautiful picture that is. So now that you have this equipment, do you not believe that you can live holy? You can live in this new realm. So let me ask you this. How does being transformed by Christ and invited to live that way overshadow, overshadow the lie that you're still a sinner? See, we were a sinner. Now we're saved by grace. When we come to Christ, we're, we're no longer that sinner. Matter of fact, Paul teaches throughout throughout all of his scriptures, is, you know, quit sinning. Quit living in that old life. You, you've given your life to Christ. You are a new creation. Why are you still dragging this junk around with you? You know, Get rid of that stuff. You, you're not who you were. You are who you are. Amen? If you are still just a sinner, then what's the big deal about sinning? I mean, think about that. If, if, if you're still just a sinner, then what's the big deal about sinning? You're just being what you are. You're a sinner. But if you are something else entirely, a beloved son or daughter, then the invitation is to live like one of those. Live like Christ. If, if we call ourselves a Christ follower, then we need to live as he lives. Do as he does. Speak as he speaks. Love as he loves. Forgive as he forgave. Mm, there's a big one. 
and, and seek out the lost so that they may be found. That was his whole passion, was seeking out those who were lost and giving them the direction to be found. I can't, I mean, what is that old analogy? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. It's very true. I mean, we, we can we can invite people to church. We can share our faith. We can we can live it out loud on the street. We can show them who we are and who we are differently. But the only thing we can do is invite them to participate. We can't make them. That's their choice. God created us that way. Sometimes I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> but he did. He gives us the option. But if you're something else entirely, if you're a beloved son or daughter, then that invitation is to live like one of those. What is the way of living newly? How, how do we live new? How do we live this newly in, incorporated version of our life? The easiest way, surrender your heart, die to yourself, and be renewed in him. It's really not complicated. It's, it's not rocket science. It doesn't take a, a potion or a magic saying. It's simply a heart of surrender. It's simply saying, God, you know what? I'm not who I need to be. I'm, I'm not who you created me to be. I need you in my life. I need everything about you in my life. You know, God, I'm sorry that I have lived my life according to the world. But tonight, I surrender my life to you. I give you my heart. I invite you to come into my life. Bring your Holy Spirit into my heart and make me new. Honestly, it's really that simple. You know, I had a good friend of mine. Uh, it's been a couple of years ago now. He was a truck driver. He's on the road all the time and um, had lived a pretty rough life. But he was he was making changes. There were things bothering him in his life, and he was trying to make these changes. He was trying. I spent. I was on the road one time in a hotel and spent a couple of hours with him one night on the phone talking about things that he felt like he needed to, to, to change and some relationships even that, that he had felt like were damaged and he needed somehow to, to let those people know that, that he was sorry for his end of that deal and, and to ask their forgiveness. And so it was, it was awesome. And we spent a good time, a good portion that night on the phone late and, and it was good conversation. A few weeks after that, he, he called me and he was actually in the hospital. He was supposed to be having an operation. And during the operation, they found out he was ate up with cancer and it was bad. It was really bad. He had family in and out of his room constantly, and, and I was in a position where I couldn't go see him. And he asked a couple of pertinent questions, and I just simply told him, you know, dude, you need, to, you need to surrender your life to Christ. Well, how do I do that? And I literally texted him through text messaging. I texted him just a simple prayer. And I, and I told him, I said, Bill, here's what I want you to do. When, when everybody clears out of your room, when your family's gone, it's just, just you and the Lord. I want you to read this text out loud and mean it from your heart. You know, if, if this is what you want to do, then read this text out loud and just say this prayer to God. And I said, Philip, when you do that, he's going to set you free and you're going to have a new heart inside your heart. And, and, and he texted me back about an hour later. It may have been longer than that. And he was so excited. He said, I did it. I did it. I prayed this prayer out loud, and he said, I feel awesome. It was just a few days later he died. How incredible is that? That, that, that he had an opportunity, even through text messaging, to give his life to Christ. That's all it takes, just a moment of surrender. 
just just a moment of saying, God, you know what? I, I understand I'm a sinner. I understand I've failed. I haven't become who you've asked me to be. And tonight I want to change that. It, it, it really doesn't have to be anything more drastic than that. Coming out of your heart that, that is a true heart of repentance saying, God, I don't want to be this person anymore. I don't want to live this life like this anymore. I want to be a new creation. And in that, he sets you free. He gives you this new heart. It's so amazing. You know, I, I've got heart troubles. I've got extra plumbing in my heart. They've had to go in there and put pieces in and put pipe in and fix kinks and things in my life. And and, and I, I get that. I, you know, it's like, okay, God, I, I, maybe I could use one of them new hearts, you know. But I know I have a heart for him. And I know he he he's his blood flows through my heart, and and you know my life choices are what's creating some of that and some of my genetics on top of that. So, you know that's all that's all irrelevant. But I that new heart is something I captured a long time ago, and you know what was really cool, and I know some I've shared this story with a couple of you before, but the 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 when I had my first heart attack was on a Sunday night. Um, on Saturday I was working a, a youth rally. Um, with some some special guests had come in. They'd done this big youth rally, and it was powerful. It was awesome. I was just there running sound and, and running the sound equipment and helping them. And, and when it was all over, these three guys that had been doing this youth rally that weekend, he said, man, I, I really feel like we need to pray for you. I'm like, man, I'll take prayer. And they, they prayed over me, and, and a couple of them spoke some things over me, and I didn't really pay any attention. One one gentleman named Chad said something to me that, that – rocked my world and literally literally did I not know how much it would rock my world in 24 hours but he said to me you're not yet doing what God has called you to do I guess you could take that a couple of ways you could take it like a kick in the shin saying I'm giving him everything I got what do you mean I'm not yet doing what he's called me to do you know I'm, I'm living for him I'm, I'm serving him I'm doing all I can but that's not how I took it how I took it was something was still yet to come in my life to serve the Lord I was excited about what he had said. Well, again, had no idea, but the next evening I would wind up in the ER in Stillwater and uh, them telling me I've had a heart attack. Um, I was 34 years old. My dad died at the age of 38 from a massive one and done heart attack. I was just 13 years old and was with him when he died. So here I am 34. I've got my family standing around me and, and, I, and I see their faces and I, I see the anguish in my mother's face thinking, you know, she lost her husband at the age of 38, and here her son's 34, and they're telling us we've had, I've had a heart attack. And I just looked at all my family, and I said, hey, don't worry about this. I ain't going nowhere. Because God just told me yesterday I ain't even doing what he's called me to do yet. So he's not going to take me out right now. You know, I, I haven't accomplished what he's, what he's asking me to do. And little did I know what was coming in my life that would bring me from, from that moment all the way around to where we are today, right? I'm still pursuing the things that God has called me to do. And uh, boy, it's been a journey. There's been some wilderness events. There's been some mountains. There's been some valleys. There's been some dark areas in my life. And God has seen me through them all. And, and there's been challenges. And there will continue to be challenges. That's that's how God, God didn't paint some picture of us giving our lives to Christ and it being a rose garden from there. And what, he, what he painted a picture is, brace yourself. Things are about to get rough. You give your life to Christ, the enemy of your soul is coming after you with everything he has because he doesn't want to give you up. So I want you to understand that if you're if you're a, a follower of Christ and you're struggling through life right now and you're asking why, why am I going through all these things, God? Count it a blessing because you are being attacked. If you're not being attacked, 
I would question where my walk really is. Am I truly serving him the way he's called me to? Because if you're doing the things of God, life is not going to be easy. It's going to be challenging. Because remember it says in Revelation, to he who overcomes, to those who endure till the end. We have some hardships to endure. Um, it's just the way life is going to be. I don't want to paint an ugly picture of it because I, <laughs> look at the end, we win. Our eternity is set. Those that are that are not in the same way we are, their eternity is set also, and it's not a pretty one. It's it's that it's kind of that before picture. We've got the after picture. That's what we're looking forward to. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're getting something out of these Warriors Way Four, man. The new heart. If if you don't walk in this new heart tonight, I pray that when I'm done speaking, that you you put down whatever it is you're listening to, and, and, you, and you literally get yourself before the Lord and you surrender your heart. Give him your life. God's got a plan for you. In Jeremiah chapter 1, it says, I, I knew you before I ever formed you in your mother's womb, and I'd set you apart to be a voice to the nations. He has a plan for you. He has a journey for you. And if you're not on that journey, you're not on that path yet, find it. Find him through surrender and let him lead you down the path that he has for you. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. We thank you for supporting us. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can support us through our podcast. You can support us through our giving links. Um, they're on our, our website. They're on on here on our Facebook page. Um, the website's www.livingloudoutdoors.com. Uh, I don't keep it as updated. I probably should, but there's some stuff on there. It's pretty cool. There's some series on there if you want to watch some series that we've done. Uh, and we'll be adding some things to it as I get ch- as a chance to do so. But uh, we, we love you, and we thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for moving with us. Thank you for supporting us financially. Thank you for praying for us. Rhonda and I appreciate it so much. We give everything we get uh, into missions. We support missions in Mexico. We support missions here in the United States, local church missions. We we give as much as we can into those places, um, and then we travel and speak wherever we can. So if you've got a, a, a men's organization or something you would like to have a, um, a guest speaker for, man, I'd love to do it. I don't charge anything for what we do. I simply go. God will take care of us. You want to do a love offering? We'd appreciate that. Help us cover our travel or whatever we have. We we trust that God will, will provide everything that we need to do what he's called us to do. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we will be back with you Sunday. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> I had to change change messages mid uh, midstream Sunday morning from what I thought I was going to preach. And what was funny is I preached my message finished, went to church, and my pastor preached a message almost the same. It was awesome. I mean, I love it when God does things like that. It just shows that that he's moving in a certain way right now, and I'm thankful for that. So God bless you guys. Uh, tune in again Sunday morning. Um, I doubt I get to be on here anymore uh, this week. It's been just a hectic week, but uh, I'm kind of missing catching up with some of the things. Uh, but hopefully we will uh, get back with you soon and uh, maybe catch a new poem on our podcast or something soon. And And uh, we'll go from there. But God bless you. We love you. Thank you for your support. Continue to do so. We could use it. We'll always put it where it needs to go. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk to you again real soon.